Amen. You can be seated. We're going to get right in the word today. Last week, we started a series called Battle Ready. Um, and this was really birthed out of, um, you know, as I was praying and just um, seeking God on what, where we should go next as a church and what we should study. I think many times what, what I found is that sometimes our faith and our Christian faith does not look like it looks in that word. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes we, I, I say we, we've received the candy of the scripture. We received the sugar. Everything's going to be all right all the time. You're never going to go through anything, never going to deal with anything. But we found out last week that Paul said to think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try us as though some strange thing happened to us, but that when we suffer, that we're partakers with Christ. So there's going to be periods in our life for reasons sometimes that we cannot explain that uh, we will go through things and we will deal with things. And, and there's not always a reason that is... Um, explained to us. If you read the book of Job, you find that there's 40-something chapters that take up about a six-month to nine-month span of Job's life in which he suffered. And at the end of it, God blessed him. He gave him devil, but never tells him why he went through it. Um, and so when we're dealing with certain things, often in our lives, we want to know why we're going through it. Have you ever been there where you, Lord, I'm, I'm dealing with this stuff. It seems to be coming at me from every angle, and I can't even figure out why. Um, sometimes in God's mercy, um, he allows us to be put in the fire so that we can be purified and, and that we can grow. And see, sometimes we think we only go through the, grow through the good things, but sometimes we have to grow through some struggle and through some stretching and through some pain. Um, but the ultimate thing that we have to realize is that this walk with Jesus, this walk in this spiritual life, is a spiritual battle. Um, and, and so our foundational verse that we, we talked about last week talked about Paul saying, fight the good fight of faith. And that tells us right away that the battle of faith is our faith is a battle. And it's a battle because the enemy does not want us to believe what God said. Um, and, and starting from the book of Genesis going on, we find that the enemy's tool of choice is to get us to simply not believe what God said. If he can get us to not trust God and not believe God, our disbelief will eventually lead to our discouragement and our disobedience. How many of you can say and look back at your life and say that, that, that I've been disobedient in some things? And when you were disobedient, you could almost trace it back to first before that, some discouragement and then some disbelief. There was something that I didn't believe that caused me to not walk in everything that God wants me to walk in. I got discouraged and I became disobedient. It's always the same process. We, begin, we get deceived by the enemy and that deception ultimately leads us to disobedience. But today I want to talk maybe in a different vein about something that um, I think will help us. And I want to talk about being fully covered. I want to talk about uh, being fully covered because one of the things that I shared last week is that we ultimately, sometimes we want the full protection of God leaving areas of our life partially covered. And the psalmist even said, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So God always designed that he would fully cover us, but sometimes we step out of the full protection of God. How many of you want to be protected by God? How many of you truly want to be protected by God? All you have to do is turn on the news or turn on something, which I don't watch, but you can turn on the news and you can see that we have a need for the protection of God. In this time, all you have to do is just flip on your social media and you see all these things happening. And you're like, I need to be in a place where the enemy can't touch me like he's touching, you know, the world out there. Can we say amen? amen. And so 
what we leave exposed, and here's what I want to understand. What the enemy exposes, he can exploit. This is why we want to be covered, because ultimately, just like a smart enemy, the enemy is looking at us and he's studying us, and all he's looking for is an open door. He's looking for an open door, and when he finds it, he just wants to, watch this, expose it enough so that he can exploit our weakness. Most of us know what our strengths are, but sometimes we don't realize that we leave areas of weakness, and I, and I know some of this is heavy, but we need this to grow. We leave areas of our life unprotected. If we look at it in the natural, whenever we leave something unprotected, we open ourselves to things that God does not want us, come on, exposed to. And this is why it's important, whether, whether we have children or different things like that, there's certain things we have a responsibility to govern what our children are exposed to. It's quiet in here. But the, the reality is, is until they can, can make those decisions for themselves, we have to take responsibility for what we allow to be exposed to our family. And this is just the reality of it. This is the responsibility when you become a parent, when you become a protector. We are ultimately the ones that determine, okay, yeah, this is something that they can be exposed to. It's safe for them. Because the reality is that an addiction at 35 started with an exposure at 6. And so we sit there and we do things like we just, because, you know, when I, and I'm not, I don't want to be one of these that when I came up, but when I came up, we didn't have all this stuff. We had to go outside and play. <laughs> you know, we had to ride our bike. We had to get hurt. We had to get scraped. And now because we don't want to be involved in our children's life, we slap a TV in front of them. And we slap a computer in front of them. Not, and, and that's okay as long as we watch what we're exposing them to. Because what you see now, what, what they hear now at five is why they're talking back to you at 16. Come on. So what the, and, and all it is is the enemy saying, I want to expose it just a little bit. Because he knows, watch this, all, look at, look at our own lives. Look at some of the mindsets we have now. We can trace them back, not to a big trauma, but a small seed that the enemy planted. Our confidence, our low self-esteem, all this stuff that we got going on in our life, we can trace it back to somebody who said something. We let it in. And so now, every time, watch this, every time something looks like what they said, it takes us back to that same feeling. Come on. How, how do I know this? I've used this illustration in this church before, and I've talked to people like this, and this is not, it, it can be a little sore, but it'll help us. If you look at somebody who's been physically abused by a spouse or somebody like that, they've been beat up and hit over and over again, you can go to that person and just reach and try and hug them, and they'll do this. Why? Because they're reacting to a seed that they were exposed to. And so we've got to be careful now, one, what we allow our families to be exposed to, and then one, what we expose ourselves to. Because, we, we, you know what we say? It's harmless. It's just all fun. And you know it's all fun until it's not fun. Mm. I can go several places with that. There are many doctor's visits that didn't have to happen, but they happened because something was left unprotected. The reality is that God has given us keys. And this is the good part. He's given us keys that we can always walk protected as people of God. Doesn't mean that we won't feel the pressure. It's all right that it's all right for it to rain outside as long as we know where to get the umbrella from. Come on. 
I say that, and I still don't own one. I've been Florida long enough to know I need to go get an umbrella. <laughs> but no, I just, me and Joy just run through the rain. Don't jump in those puddles. You tell a child, don't jump in the puddles, what do you think they're going to do? <laughs> we laugh about that, but we're the same way. God tells us not to do stuff. We do it anyway. And wonder why we get exposed to the attacks. Of the enemy. Some people want to be overly exposed but underly protected. Put me out there. Do this. Do that in my life. Lord, use me. But you're not really ready <laughs> to be used because God has some pride he needs to deal with. He has some disobedience. He has some arrogance that he needs to deal with. And so God, in his mercy, sometimes he says, I'm going it, to. It, it's like this. God says, I, I made you this fine piece of furniture in this fine piece of china, but I'm not going to use you. I'm just going to put you on the shelf. You ever feel like, God, you had a season where he just put you on the shelf? You had all this stuff, looked good, had all the gifts, but God just said, no, I need you to sit on the shelf for a while while I deal with some stuff. But when I'm ready, I'll pull you off that shelf and expose you. Why? Because now you know how to be protected. <laughs> That's important. The enemy doesn't have a problem with you going out there because he knows you can go out there with gifts, and if you go out with gifts unprotected, you'll be defeated. Finally, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in, the, in his mighty power. My strength, watch this, can only take me as far as I can go. But God's strength will take me as far as he can go. And some of us, we get, we're, we're so discouraged, we're walking in so much defeat because we've been living our life, as much as we wave our hand to God, we've been living our life in our own strength, in our own ability. We walk in our own ability while we praise God. While we worship, while we clap our hands, we still trust ourselves. How do you know, Pastor, how do you know that I trust myself? What areas of your life do you still do it your way? That's how you know who you trust. But real trust, when I, when I trust God, that means that even though what I'm looking at doesn't look like what he said, I'm still going to do what he said until I see what he promised. And so sometimes it's called, the old people used to call it, it's long obedience in the same direction. I'm obeying when you, even when I don't get the chills and even when I don't feel it, I'm still doing what God said. Even when I don't see the fruit and the results of what God said, I still do what he said. Because as, as Paul said, he said, uh, grow not weary in well-doing, but in due season you'll reap as long as you don't give up. Tell somebody due season always comes. Due season always comes. It just The question is not whether it's going to come. The question is going to be whether I'm going to be there when it shows up. Due season is not running away, but I've got to have staying power. So how do I do this, Pastor? How do I stay covered? Ephesians 6.11 says this. Put on the partial armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. But there's a reason why. And this is why I like scripture. He said, it's not just so you can look good. And see, some of us look like church, but don't live church and aren't church. See, we know how to talk church, but we haven't become church. We thought that we, you know, we spent years thinking that everything was about the suit. Everything was about the way I sounded. Everything was about the music. But really, we left the doors and accomplished nothing. But there's a reason. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take 
your stand against the devil's schemes. Watch this. We don't say the word devil or Satan in church anymore, but you have an enemy that's out to take you out. And you have to understand it. He's not, the stuff that we talk about suffering, you know, somebody criticized me. I'm being persecuted. Shut up. That's not persecution. And somebody said, I'm never coming back to the church. He told me this. Don't take it personal. Don't get offended. Understand. See, that's our problem is we wear our feelings right here. And so God can't give us any deep truth because we're so surface. We can't get healing in our home and in our family. We can't get our children delivered because we walk with these weak minds that won't tell people the truth. You are wrong. You're disobedient. You, you, if you're going to live in my house, you're going to obey what I said. If you're going to walk with me, if you're going to be in relationship with me, you got to have a relationship with God or you don't have one with me. That's how, because... I'm going to keep going. Enemy's already mad, so I might as well just keep going now. Put on so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He is scheming against you. You, Brother John, you, he's coming after you. But he tells you, put on the full armor of God. Why? So you can recognize it when it's coming, and when you don't recognize it, you're still covered. Because sometimes you don't recognize it, but you're still covered. Come on, watch this. A cop has a bulletproof vest. Why? He doesn't know when the bullet's coming, but he's covered. I need to just stay here. Godly strategy will always prevail over Satan's schemes. He always, God always gives you something. He doesn't just leave you there to say, oh, you're going to be tossed back and forth and beat up by the enemy. He doesn't leave you like that. He always gives you something. The question is, will you use what he gave you? Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the schemes of the enemy. But what has happened is we said, no, this this week I'm going to give you five steps to a blessing. This week we're talking about the blessing plan. We're going to give you 40 keys to a marvelous relationship. <laughs> but we need to give you some tools to deal with this life and these things that the enemy are bringing against you. Because I know enough to know you can smile, but the enemy is attacking your mind. You tell God, I'm believing you for healing, but in your mind, you're like, Lord, I'm going to die. You tell God, I'm believing you for my children, but in your mind, you've already given them up. Do you realize that prophet Isaiah said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. So what, what I learned from that is this, that there's weapons that will form but they won't prosper. I love I loved that, that analogy of the bulletproof vest because that means that he may raise the gun, but it's not going to prosper because I'm covered. How do we do that spiritually? How, how, because here's the reality. We love God too much to walk in so much defeat all the time. He died on the cross. He rose three days later. The sins of the world could not hold him down 
So why is it that somebody's criticism can hold me down for years? Why? Because maybe we're fighting the wrong things. Ephesians 6.12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your children, they are not your enemy. And as long as you relate to them and act like they are, you will be miserable and defeated. Because the Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But what is it against? Against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against what? Spiritual. So you're fighting your husband, and he's not even your enemy. You're, you're criticizing your wife and poking at your wife, and she's not the problem. You're upset with your children, but you don't realize there's a spirit operating in them. Is this, this too heavy for Sunday? See, see, you go on your job and the people that irritate you, you don't realize that it's not them. You don't know that the enemy has been whispering to them all day, just like he whispers to you. You ever, you, ever, you ever get in a fight, don't even know why it happened? Like y'all are fighting and y'all are both saying the same thing. I'll never forget, I was on a trip. Uh, we were on a trip going to Orlando, me and my wife. Stupidest, stupidest argument you could ever have. And somebody cut us off. And so she starts getting upset that we got cut off on the road. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm upset too. They shouldn't have done it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not here. She's up here. I'm like, she's like, can you follow them so we can get the plates? All right, so we're on 417, and I'm going to hit the gas, break traffic laws so we can get the license plate of the person that cut us off. Now, I'm upset, too. So now, she's like, I'm tired of people doing this. And I'm, now I'm getting annoyed because they can't hear you in that car. <laughs> so my, now, now, watch this. Somebody else cut us off. Right? Right? Y'all with me? Somebody else was responsible for her being upset, but in two minutes' time, we're doing this over something that neither one of us were responsible for. And see, the enemy is just that cunning. All he does, seed, thought, seed, thought. You know, when they said that, this is what they meant. And now you got friction in your house, and you don't even know why. Because your war is against spiritual, right, forces of evil, where? So it's not on your job. <laughs> it's not in your home. The, the war is spiritual. And you, you, if you understand this, then you'll fight the right way. Because what the enemy does is what he wants to do, and I'll talk about this later, is actually get us to have a whole bunch of casualties from friendly fire. Meaning that now I caused a wound that's going to take six months to heal because I was fighting the wrong enemy. You said something to your husband and to your wife that you should have maybe held your peace on, and now you got to spend another three months fixing it. That's reality. Are y'all with me? Here's the point, though. Here's the point, right? If you don't get anything else, 
Get this next point right here. Never fight where there isn't anything worth winning. I could go so many directions with this. Because see, some of y'all spent years fighting for somebody that's not even worth winning. Like that. So, so you're fighting and that, that's your prize? <laughs> I said, can I be real with y'all today? So I sit here and sometimes as, as um, in my previous job as assistant principal, now you know your people talk to you, you get advice and different things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, so you're telling me you went through all this, endured all this, um, dealt with all this, sacrificed all this, and at the end of all of that, that was your prize? Him? Her? That, that. <laughs> and you can't say it, and you understand, I can't say it like that. <laughs> I'm like, then they say, no, Pastor, we, we, you got to meet this person. I meet them. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe. So let me ask him. Okay, so I ask him, yeah. So, so where you, what's your job? You got a job? No, I just kind of chill. So, so you're 25 and all you do is chill? <laughs> never fight. Say they never fight. Where there's nothing worth winning. Second thing, don't engage a battle before properly identifying your enemy. See, here's the problem. If you misidentify, you will misfire. And so it's not always good for us to jump to conclusions because many of us, many, uh, let me help you, many relationships and many, and it's not a relationship message, but many friendships, relationships, connections, they're destroyed because we misfired. You jumped before you asked. Say this with me. Never assume when you can ask a question. Now, how many be honest? Don't raise your hand and say, I messed something up because I made an assumption. When I could have saved all that trouble and just asked, what did you mean by that? Why did you do this? Why didn't you do this? But, but when we don't do that, here's what happens. We begin to make a list in our mind of our own assumptions. And those assumptions, say this, say assumptions, lead to attack. Is this registering yet? Can you think of times in your life where like, man, I could, that really didn't have to go that way. But here's what I know about human nature. Sometimes we just have to say it. Everything you think doesn't need to be said. And there's some things that you do think that you do need to say. And it's properly discerning the difference because some of us will sit there and God has put deliverance in our mouth and we sit on it. We put somebody's freedom, somebody's encouragement, he'll put it, he'll put it in us, but our own pride and stubbornness will just keep it there. And nobody gets healed. Have you ever known you should have said sorry, but you didn't? Man, anybody here today? <laughs> you, 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 come on. Now, you know, like, you know what? I know I was wrong, but I'm going to sit there till they say something. No, this time they can come to me. 
Five days later, you're still waiting because they don't even know they did anything wrong. So much offense is caused. This is all warfare. I'm trying to help you because, see, when you don't understand these principles, these things I'm talking about right now, you fight for no reason. And so Brother John, he tripped over something and he bumped into me, but I didn't see him trip. I just felt him bump into me. I'm like, man, he could at least say, I'm sorry. See, it just starts that fast. And the same thing happens spiritually. When we fight the wrong enemy, we risk of people being casualties of friendly fire. We already talked about that. So here's the answer. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, you, that when the day of evil comes. It doesn't say if the day of evil comes. It says when. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to do what? Stand your ground. When things come against us, some of us run too fast. Let me tell you what I watch a lot of times as a pastor, and I look at people that I'm like, man, they, they, they could have leadership potential. I watch how fast you run when the pressure gets hot. What do you do? Because what I learn is I don't want anybody on the battlefield with me that is going to abandon ship when it gets hard. I can't trust you to cover me. While I'm out there on the forefront willing to cover you, I got to know that you got my back too. And some of us, we invite people into our life and we can't even trust them. It's good when everything's okay. Somebody say amen in here. This will help you in every area of your life. Stop connecting with friends that run when it gets hard. Stop inviting people into your life and stop connecting close to people you can't trust when the battle gets hot. Because who you can't trust, they'll turn on you. The same person that's standing back to back to you will stab you in the back if you're not careful. Is this helping anybody? Just teaching, more teaching today. But it's important because the people you say, man, that's my ride or die. No matter what, that's my ride or die. And if you're getting ready to die, they're just going to let you die. The ride was good, but now that it's time for you, you know. Let me bring it to a real world example. There's some people don't have a problem going out to eat as long as you're paying. You, you, you ever met those people like that? They, they're good with you, brother Des, as long as you're treating. But when you say no, you, when they come, when you, when you do that first time where the, the waiter comes and says, is this going to be separate or together? And you're like, it's going to be separate. I can't hang out with them anymore. My free ride is over. <laughs> Y'all don't know anybody like that. Sometimes the biggest victory is in not fighting but standing. That's wisdom. You got to have the wisdom to know the difference. There's sometimes where you got to fight because there's some things I'm going to fight for. Come on. I'm fighting for my marriage, fighting for my kids. I'm going to fight. You come after my house, I'm coming after you. Doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. with, Now watch this. See, this is where some of us mess up. Doesn't matter what my wife said to me yesterday. I still got to cover her. Who am I helping in here? Do you realize as, as men, let me talk to those men for a minute. As men, it doesn't matter if she got on your nerves yesterday. Your job is to cover her. Bible gives you that job to cover her. And the problem is, is that I can't let the enemy break in my house and say, you know what? She talked bad about me yesterday. Go get her. 
Some of us do that with our friends because we misunderstood them. We do it with our family. We do it with our parents. We let the enemy just run roughshod over them because we had a disagreement. But the biggest, that's when I'll fight. And sometimes you got to stand. So there's times where the enemy's going to be messing with your mind and you just got to stand on the word. You're not going to make it. You're not coming out of this. It's always going to be this way. You're always going to be sick. You're always going to be this. And you just got to stand on the word. So he was wounded for my transgressions. It's bruised for my iniquity. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. That's, you got to stand sometimes. Just, just like I am. Because, and you can't stand looking, look, looking around at what it looks like. You got to close your eyes and say, God, I know what I see, but I know what you said. I know we always talk about these bold, strong prayers. I'm an overcomer in this, but sometimes you're just walking in your room. Lord, I'm down to nothing, but you said you'll provide. My parents are sick, but you said you're a healer. My mind is messed up, but your word says that will keep him in perfect peace. His mind stayed on him. So God, I, I'm going to close my eyes to what I see, and I'm not opening them again until I begin to see the manifestation of your word. How many of you believe in God for something? Whatever it is, just anything. Just, just trust in him to do something. Sometimes that means you've got to shut your mind and eyes and everything out to what's going on around you. And here's where we get caught up. We get caught up in the details of the how. How are we going to get there? One of the most beautiful things, other than the city of Jacksonville, <laughs> um, was the invention of GPS. Because a, how many of you are old enough to remember MapQuest? <laughs> you know, you, you, you punch in the thing, and I, that was big, too, man. Finally, MapQuest, you didn't have to call somebody and write directions down. You could just print it out and put it on your passenger seat and, okay, turn here and turn here. And we thought that was, like, events. <laughs> At least I was, man. Oh, where are we going? Okay, let me pop it in MapQuest. Oh, it's going to take two and a half hours, and it's not that many directions. So you, you hold, if you got somebody riding with you, you hold the paper. Where's I, where was I supposed to turn? <laughs> but man, when I heard about GPS on your phone, because we couldn't afford to have it in the car. Some of y'all advanced. You got it in your car, so I got it on the phone. <laughs> and so you just pop in what Google Maps or GPS, and we're going here. And the, the beautiful thing about it, here's what I love about it. Y'all like, man, what does this have to do with the scripture? I'm getting there. I promise you, I'm getting there. You don't even have to look at it. Watch this. You just pop it in and you turn the volume up and she'll talk to you. Go, go two and a half miles, turn right at such and such. That's what I learned. I'm going to make a scripture application to it. GPS is great until you have your wife in the car with you. She's not here, so I'm talking about it. Don't snitch. Somebody's going to snitch. Somebody probably texting her right now. He's talking about you. <laughs> but so the thing is, is so go two miles, turn right. But then you got my wife who she, by her own admission, she got a little bit of a mouth. <laughs> Beautiful woman, but <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Man, I can't even come back from that. <laughs> but, but here's my point. Here's, here's my point. <laughs> 
She said, weren't you supposed to turn here? And I'm like, I don't even talk now. Now when she says something like that, I just point to the GPS. I said, you know, dear, there's a reason I turned the GPS on. Because all, watch this, all I have to do is listen. Many of us, our spiritual life is the same way. God has given us a GPS called the Word of God. And we're so busy listening to other voices that we don't just follow the GPS that says, get up, start walking, turn here, Rachel, don't turn here. But what happens is, is then you got Olga starts whispering to Rachel and say, you were supposed to turn here. And the same thing happens spiritually. Same thing happens spiritually. God spoke clearly, but you allow other voices to start whispering. And before you know it, you end up way over here when the shortest route was the route that GPS was giving you. And the beautiful thing about it is even the GPS will tell you, shortest route. No tolls. Sometimes we go a route that requires us to pay a price we didn't have to. Here's what we do. Here's what many people do. When we realize that, we spend a week complaining about the tolls we had to pay instead of correcting it and going the path that would have been easiest the first time. Somebody say amen. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Truth is the most important because it holds everything together. This is why there's a battle for truth. This is why there's a battle for the word of God. This is why people want you to preach 15 minutes, read a poem, and send them home. Because they don't want the truth that holds everything else together in your life. And then it says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Breastplate covers what? The heart. Covers the heart. That's why it's important. Covers the chest. Covers the heart. It covers our identity. And our identity is meant to cover our heart. One of the best ways to protect and guard your heart is to know who you are in God. Because this world will lie to you. The people sometimes closest to you will lie to you. But you've got to be covered knowing that you're the righteousness of God. That because of Jesus Christ, you're in right standing with God. You're not in right standing because of what you do or don't do. You're in right standing because of what he already did. And what you do is a result of what he did in you. So we're not called to judge, but every now and then we're called to inspect fruit. Okay, you, you said this, so do I see fruit of the seed you said was planted in your heart? And with the feet, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel is a gospel of movement. And sometimes our flight, I don't know, we got, I, I typed that wrong. But sometimes our life just needs to get in the flow of what God is doing. Just needs to get in the flow of what God is doing. And sometimes the, the, the time that the enemy can talk to us the most is if we just isolate and stand still. You ever been there? Let me, let me tell you how it sounds because it sounds real rational. I just need to be alone. And the problem is, is when you're alone... You can't get somebody else with faith to shake you out of where you are. 
And so he just piles lie upon lie upon lie upon lie upon lie till you can't even dig yourself out and don't even want to hear truth. Have you ever been upset and didn't want somebody to cheer you up? Be real. Like, you got mad when you started laughing at what they said. You know, you get mad and so you, you got that silly friend that just goes, just makes faces at you. And you're like, shut up, stop. And before you know it, you're laughing, don't even, didn't even want to laugh, but you're laughing anyway. Point is, God did not design us to live in isolation. Isolation is a recipe for defeat. Now, you don't let everybody in, because some of us has the opposite problem. Everybody can come in all the time. So you got to be show some discretion with that. Ephesians 6.16, in addition to all this, take, here it is, the shield of what? Faith. This is why it's important, with which you can extinguish some of the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is something like, I'd take a picture of this. When you don't have answers, you got to have faith. Extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. So that means he's got specially divine arrows that he's shooting all the time. But the beauty is as long as I carry the shield of faith, it doesn't matter what he says or does. Because when he comes against me, I raise faith. When the doctor says this to me, I raise faith. When it looks like I'm drowning, I raise faith. Do you realize that if the beauty that God has actually given us a catch-all in faith, but because we've made faith, name it and claim it, call it and haul it, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you give me, that's what we made faith. Faith is not only so you can get, but it's also so you can protect. No. Man, I think when... I told y'all this when Asher was first born. They, they, man, the doctors were coming in and out trying to put all kinds of stuff on him. You know, the, the, you know, you got to do this, and if he did, he might it might be this and that. And finally, I just got tired of it and I said, you know what, you're gonna be well. <laughs> I stopped talking to them and I started talking to him. Well, you know, if he doesn't eat, we're gonna do this. Boy, you're gonna eat today. <laughs> and you know what, he ate that day. <laughs> So you, you, faith is not just so you can get a material thing. Faith is so that you can darts that the enemy is throwing at voices that are coming against you. You raise faith. Say this with me. I must know the truth. You guys have heard how they train people to recognize counterfeit money. It's not by examining counterfeit money, it's by examining real money. So it's becoming so familiar with the truth that you recognize when something foreign, come on. You, this is how it should sound. Oh, that don't sound right. <laughs> and some of us got just enough good sounding stuff that enters in that we believe is, everything is truth. And some of it is not. You got to recognize when the enemy's lying. Faith is the all encompassing answer to everything the enemy throws our way. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Two things I got to have my mind covered. 
and I got to have the word in my hand. That sword, everything else, watch this, in that armor, and this is where the enemy gets us. I hope this isn't a screaming message. It's a helpful message. The sword is the only part of that armor that's offensive. offensive. Everything else is defensive. Everything else is meant to cover, but the sword is meant to attack. That means that when I'm dealing with something, I got to have a word I can attack with. Because you can't answer, watch this, you can't answer thoughts with thoughts, which is what we try to do. Enemy puts a thought in our mind, we're just going to think real hard back. (laughs) It doesn't work. But when he starts lying, you remind him of the truth. You're so bound up, he starts whispering, you're so tangled up in everything, and you say, if the sun set me free, I'm free indeed. Yeah, but you remember when you used to do this? Yeah, yeah, I remember, but it's under the blood, and God said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Stop reminding me of who I used to be. When you find people who remind you of what you, who you used to be and what you do, you need to run as far as you can. Because those people will keep you stuck in a place that God brought you out of. Man, I don't know who this is for today. But you got to be careful when you get around people that keep dragging, uh, dragging you back to a place you've been delivered from. God will bless me according to what is in my hands and what is in my head. <laughs> Helmet, sword. What's in my mind? What's in my hand? Let's wrap it up with this. And pray in the spirit on some occasions and with some kinds of prayer and requests. That's not what it says, does it? I'm just checking to see if we're paying attention. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. You want me to tell you where the hole is, where the hole is, why the enemy is able to get? I was praying about this this week. I said, God, why is the enemy able to get so much access to people's lives? And he said, because they're my people, but they don't pray. Y'all waiting for something deep. I don't have anything deeper beyond that. (laughs) They're mine. They belong to me, but they don't communicate with me the way I intended I'm not saying you got to pray for hours, but at some point, God designed you, he created you, he gifted you, so you got to communicate to him to know what he wants to do with your life. Because if you ask him, he'll say, no. (laughs) Yeah, I say it, Lord. If they get offended, they get offended. The young people understand this term, catfish. Us older ones really don't understand it. But that's how the enemy is able to catfish some of us. We don't pray. So we end up getting something we didn't bargain for. When we pray and seek the face of God, he'll tell us what to say yes to and what to say no to. And this is a hard, 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 hard truth that we have to instill in our children. Sometimes you just got to pray until he shows you what to do. The enemy will try to rush you into something. That you end up, are y'all with me? 
And I say, the beautiful thing about God is in mercy and grace, there's redemption. So he restores us and he, he does certain things to us. Just like when our kids come to us and they say, I, I don't know if anybody else is child like this, but, but joy seems to have this amazing gift to say I'm sorry and continue to do. <laughs> joy stopped climbing on the couch like that. I'm sorry, daddy, while she's climbing again. She didn't even stop. She just does it again. And finally, I have to pull her down like God does with us. I look, I said, Joy, don't do that again. I'm sorry, Daddy. And then I hug her. There's no, I don't make her wait or make a penalty after she repents. And that's what God does with us. Some of us are still confessing stuff that God forgot years ago. You did it 20 years ago. Why are you still asking for forgiveness now? Say, move on. If you confessed it, move on. God will restore you. Well, how is he going to restore me in this mess? It doesn't, his job is how, not yours. Your job is to believe. His job is the how. You'll be frustrated. And let's, let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Uh, you'll be frustrated. Because when you try to be the how, you step in the place of God. And he... In his mercy and his grace, his love for us, he'll show us the what. This is what I want from you. And when you submit to it and surrender to it, then he'll give you the how. So I want to talk to people today. You've been battling. I mean, you've been battling hard. And some of you, it took everything in you, mind, body, and spirit, to just get into church today. Just to be in church today. I want to talk to you today. The very fact that you're here is proof that it's not over yet. I shared with the church last week that we've got to know the difference between being buried and being planted. And sometimes all the stuff that's coming against you feels like it's burying you and killing you. But the reality is, is that God has planted you. And it's taken some time for you to break the ground. But if you, if you, stay, in that, if you stay in the ground that he planted you, continue to, to get watered, continue to get nourished, continue to get encouraged... You're going to break through that ground. Very quickly, if you have been in what feels like a fiery battle this week, I want you to slip your hand up quickly just so I know who I'm praying for. Um, You feel like you've been in the heat of battle. The enemy's been coming at you, um, been dealing with discouragement. I want to pray for you today. Some of you have been dealing with uncommon, don't be ashamed, just being, nobody's looking around, uh, being, dealing with uncommon fear and, and things like that. That's you quickly. Slip your hand up, put it back down. You don't even have to keep it up. Just, all right. We're going to get victory over that. Um, there's a song I want us to sing and I'm going to pray for you. Um, we're going to do this song, and, and it's God's, I, I like this song because it's God's invitation. It's God's invitation to you, and really, when you respond to it, it's your invitation for him to come into your situation and change it. So we're going to do that. Um, we're going to just sing this beautiful worship song. We'll come to the altar, and I want you to just let it minister to you. Then we're going to pray and let you go. God bless you.